Wake up, church. There's a war going on for the soul of our country, where the lies of the demonic control the narratives of our culture. Join your host, Gary Duncan, in search of the kingdom warriors of our time, those not afraid to speak up and walk out the word of God in the face of evil. Get ready for a supernatural impartation, a spiritual download of faith and fire into your life. Welcome to the Remnant Revolution. Welcome to Remnant Revolution Podcast. This is Gary Duncan, your host, and I want to welcome Jim Doman to the podcast. Uh, he is the founder of Church United. He also has a book coming out soon that we'll talk about just a little bit. It's called Not a Mistake, um, about um, living in a gay lifestyle and how that is transformed into him becoming now from went from that to a pastor. And just the story behind that is amazing, and, and he'll talk a little bit about that. But we're going to start with uh, talking, and I've got this up on the screen. You can see his family there. Um, we've got uh, what Church uh, United does, and so I want to welcome welcome Jim. And I'm still working on this Zoom stuff. We'll get you tied in. There we are. <laughs> well, hey, doing, Gary, Jim? thank you for having me on your show. It's great to be here with you it's, today. It's, it's great to have you. You know, you, you've got... Like we said earlier, you got three things going on in your life, and none of them are non-controversial, right? <laughs> hey, I, I didn't. I don't think God sent me in this world to create controversy or conflict. My wife is a peacemaker; she's not into conflict. But you know, Gary, in in today's day and age, I don't mind standing up for what's right, what's godly, and what's good. That's and cool. I want to continue to do that. And as I told my legal team. Um, the reason why I'm do I'm doing this, it's not to win. It's to do what's right, to do what's righteous, and proclaim the and proclaim the name of Jesus. That's really my heart. And you know what? If I always say, if if no one's going to stand, I'll be the last one standing. Well, that's we need more people like you, and that's that's why I started the podcast. They're looking for guys like you that are willing to stand. We all need to stand. And some of us are more at the tip of the spear and some are sure. uh, part of the, the stem of the, the, the arrow, but uh, we all have to play a part. And so let's get into that. I got to get in that lawsuit first and, and all right. see how that ties into what we're talking about today with the church and, and standing up. Sure. Well, three years ago, Vimeo shut down Church United's um, website hosting page. I got an email Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, think about this. A legal team, their legal team sent me an email the day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday. If you're not in retail, everybody's out shopping or at least at home mm -hmm. <laughs> recovering from Thanksgiving, uh, the Thanksgiving meal, but not Vimeo. They targeted me because I was a pastor and a Christian and a former homosexual. And they said, because I had my story on Church United's site. Now, Church United, we, we do videos of pastors in California. We're growing nationally, and we tell their stories of how they're engaging in government, whether it be at the city level, the county, state, or federal, or all of them. And so we had about 89 different stories of pastors, mine being one of sharing how I left the uh, LGBTQ lifestyle. And they said that video and a handful of others had that type of a message. And they said, we're going to discriminate against you. We're going to, we're going to delete your account in 24 hours. I mean, think about that, Gary, after three years of work of videos of pastors up and down the state of California, we're going to, you have 24 hours to, to remove your content. We're going to, we're going to delete your account. I mean, I was in a panic. I, I started calling people and guess what? Everyone's on vacation. People are, you know, no one's at their homes, home offices able to, you know, download stuff or whatever. And I spent about good two, about two, three days frantically trying to find someone to offload everything. Thank God we were able to do that. But then within a week, Vimeo uh, completely deleted Church United's account. Wow. I thought YouTube was the only one that did that. No, unfortunately, <laughs> this Gary, this is this kind of stuff has been happening to me for at least 10 years, um, at a minimum at 10 years. And I just think because of the, the nature of what they did, because they targeted me because I was a pastor, I was a Christian and the month of December, you know, in the Christian world and then even in the nonprofit mm -hmm. world, December is the greatest giving month. And okay. if any month in the United States for all nonprofits. And wouldn't you know, they targeted me, they targeted Church United, deleted everything. We had huge financial losses, huge. 
And it's, we're still recovering from that. And, you know, a little guy like me, a David and Goliath type of a thing, Mm -hmm. all I'm doing is telling my story of transformation, what Jesus did in my life and giant tech is able to come through and eliminate pastors, Christians, conservatives, anybody they don't approve of. And so I commend you, Gary, for your show and hopefully trying to create a revival remnant here in our culture. Yeah, I I think... um... I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's got to be in my thoughts is it's got to be a revolution. Uh, sure. uh, to me, a revival is kind of an awakening, but a revolution turns over tables like Jesus did, and, and we need to be turning over some big tables. And through the power of the Holy Spirit and and God's backing, uh, we're bigger than they are. And, yes. But they have the loudest voice, and and there's the problem. They've got the loudest voice. The church has the numbers, but we don't have a voice. We, we need to reclaim that voice and stand up and Gary, I can't be the only one standing up against big tech. I can't be the only one sharing my story of transformation. That's honestly what you're talking about. You know, your, your remnant revolution. I think that's, you know, when we see a revival in the church and then an awakening in the culture, I'm praying for both that the church stands up, gets her voice back and speaks truth into the culture. Like Jesus said in grace and love. But also my prayer is that we'll have an awakening where new people are coming into God's kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's happening as people are waking up, but it's going to have to be a, a, a major event, I think, to really kind of get the pendulum to swing a little bit. Sure. Now, how, how much can you talk about the lawsuit? Where is it at at this point? So um, we've lost um, every every step of, of the course. way we've lost. I mean, honestly, it's 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 I am like I feel like a loser. Um, But in reality, it's like I told my legal team, I'm doing this because it's right, it's righteous, and we have to stand up against evil and against giant internet companies that are shutting down conservatives, Christians, people who might believe differently than they do. Now, is the basis, what's the base, how how does it read that they purposely or you have proof that they... Yeah, so we have proof that they did it. They totally wiped out the account, but we are suing for sexual orientation discrimination and religious discrimination. Um, And these are based on the laws and um, constitutions in New York, the the state of New York and the state of California. The, The reason why we're in federal court is because um, Vimeo, it's it's over multi-state. It's not just in California. Okay. They're based in New York, and Church United is based in uh, Orange County, California. Okay. So the suit, although we filed in, at the uh, Ronald Reagan Federal Building in Santa Ana, California, in January 2019, they kicked it to New York because Vimeo is based in New York. And of course, we've got liberal judges that have ruled. It's so interesting. You know, it's the, the, they're for freedom when it supports liberal ideology. But when freedom starts, incur- when, when they're shutting down conservative speech, oh, you know, you don't have a choice. You don't you know all those freedoms are eliminated. In essence, that's really what I believe what the judges have done in New York at the uh, uh Was it the second federal court of appeals, the second uh, appellate court? Uh, They've ruled against us. And um, now. What are they saying? What what is their what's their reasoning for ruling against? It's based on Section 230, which if you're familiar with that or people who aren't familiar with that, it's from the Communications Decency Act from 1996. Congress passed into law. Um, really it was a law to protect children from being sexually exploited or trafficked online. And through again, liberal, uh, court rulings and interpretations, primarily through the ninth circuit, which is where we're based out of in California, they have ruled in essence have made internet companies immune from the constitution, from law. They can do, they're at free will can do whatever they want when they want. If it's, and if they're it's doing Muslim, it. <laughs> what's that? And they're doing it, right. And they're doing it, absolutely. And we're seeing that from, you know, a nobody like me to a high-profile person like uh, President Donald Trump. I mean, and everything in between, they're doing that. I mean, uh, shadow banning. They'll take people's followings, and they're deleting people. They're removing people. It's really it's really unjust and so unfair. Um, so back to the case. So we're filing on sexual orientation discrimination, religious discrimination, and we're hoping uh, we'll, be, we'll soon we'll be filing to the United States Supreme Court, and we're hoping and praying that they will take our case and obviously rule in our favor. Well, great. Yeah, all this needs definitely needs to go to the Supreme Court. And what we're seeing right now on some of that, it just um, 
it's got to be a God thing because we can't trust the Supreme Court to even to do what they're supposed to do because we're dealing, you know, as you know, we're dealing with an, an evil that is far beyond what we've seen in a long time. Oh, and absolutely. It, 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 it will reach to the Supreme Court just as easy as it reaches to our current, um, you know, White House administration. Sure. And and again, Gary, I'm just telling my story. You know, it was me telling my story and they wiped out an entire organization's um, videos. I mean, mm -hmm. think about that. I mean, I guess they could have said, we don't like the story. We're going to, you, you know, we're going to delete. You have to remove the video. But that still would have been sexual orientation discrimination. But instead, they targeted me. And it was like, because you're a Christian, you're a pastor, you're a conservative, you're a former um, homosexual. We're just going to wipe out everything. And they did. And again, like I said, I'm grateful for my legal team, Advocates for Faith and Freedom, Tyler and Birch, who are standing with me and um, providing the legal services so we can move forward. And I want to encourage other Christians or Americans, for that matter, if this kind of stuff has happened to you, file a lawsuit, seek in, look, you know, reach out to advocates or another uh, law firm that might be willing to represent you because we have to, I, I remember Senator Josh Hawley out of uh, Missouri. It's like Americans need to start filing lawsuits yep. so we can try to stop and raise the awareness of really what these giant behemoth internet companies are doing to Americans. Yeah, I was listening to somebody and they were saying we have got to, oh, it was a, I don't remember, but it was a, a lawyer that was was kind of bashing himself about being an ambulance chaser. He said, but we need more ambulance chasers right now that can take up courts cases sure. because it sure. there is so much... Uh, lawlessness that it needs to go through the court systems and and the way that's how it's going to get changed you know uh, well is, what's is kind of funny system. one of the one of our attorneys had shared she said jim your case three years ago was kind of a nothing case it wasn't that big of a deal but like i said earlier gary i've been since i've been experiencing online censorship from facebook google um youtube we, i think we all know google's youtube's google yeah. and um you know th this has been going on for years and now finally that we actually have a case we can file but because of all the censorship we've seen that's happened in the last recent let's say two three years my case is the closest case to the United States Supreme Court. And they've indicated they've wanted they, they want cases like this. So we're again, we're hopeful and praying that they'll hear. Well, one that they'll take our case and they'll hear it. Wow, great, great. Now, and that's based off of Church United's website, correct? About correct. The, all, all that is that. Okay. Go on a little bit more about because uh where I heard about you, I was like you know, because I've been harping on, you know, churches, where are they at? You know, what are they doing in this time and this culture? And I've heard so many times, well, we don't get into politics. Politics is not our, our realm. Sure. And we are in that, we are in the place we're in because church didn't get into politics or get into the government sure. area and, sure. and send people. We haven't educated the people. We haven't educated the, 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 the layman into learning to fight. Well, and Gary, let me, so here's a little bit why I started Church United. I realized pastors don't know, most of them don't know about government. They don't even know the names of their elected officials. And I was really had that, that kind of that awakening moment when, even when I went to seminary, I got my master divinity. We never talked about engagement in government. We didn't talk about how, what's the role of God's people in government. And what I tell pastors that are awakening to, or is either at our nation's capital or at a state's capital I'll ask them or I'll share with them, find me a book in the Bible. Okay, we all, we're all preaching from the same book where God's people are interacting with the most powerful, strongest, well-known world leader at that time in history. Hmm. I mean, if you look at um, Joseph with the pharaohs, if you look at, you know, um, Abraham with, um, you know, let my people go. I mean, you find me a book in the Bible where God's people aren't interacting and praying with or John the Baptist calling out uh, 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 King Herod on a sin of adultery. I mean, that was a sin. He called them out and it literally cost him his head. Why do we think in 2021... Or, you know, modern history today that we, we don't have that voice anymore. God hasn't changed. Scripture hasn't changed. And so what I, what I try to point pastors to is, look, the Bible has God's men and women. Deborah, for example, in the Old Testament, inter or, or, even, or um, 
um, are interacting or in leadership positions or Esther in the Old Testament. That was, I said, Deborah, I meant Esther, but both <laughs> of them, great godly women having a, a, a huge influence on government. Why is it do we think now, oh, I only talk about Jesus. Well, wait a minute. Jesus was involved in every every part of life. And we see, I mean, the book of Luke, all right? The Luke was addressed to most excellent Theophilus. That was a, a believed to be a high-ranking Roman official. One book in the New Testament explicitly to a government leader. And so I try to help pastors go, look, if you don't know this, let Church United help teach you so you can better engage. And Paul talks about in Timothy, pray for those in authority. Well, how do you pray for someone if you don't know their name? How do you lead them to Jesus? I led my assembly member in California to Christ. How do you have, how do you do that with someone? Oh, Gary, by the way, I like to try to practice what I preach. Is how do you lead someone to Christ if you don't know them? And my assembly member, you know what he said? He goes, would you be willing to meet with my chief of staff and the rest of my staff so they can get to know you so we know how to serve you? And you know what I told him, Gary? Hell no, I won't do that. <laughs> Why would I want you to meet with you and tell you about Jesus and have you serve the church or serve Christian people in your community? Why would, <laughs> of course I said yes. So when these pastors go, oh, we only talk about Jesus. Well, how will these people know if they don't hear? And frankly, I've learned the best way to do that is through relationship. And so it's really been an incredible journey um, this, I'll tell you how this started off. My wife and I, or I went to Washington, D.C. with Watchmen on the Wall, Family Research Council, does a great pastor's event. And I was so excited. I brought my, year, my wife back the next year and I said, honey, look what we're learning, our spiritual history. Look at the history and the walls and the Capitol and all these godly men and women in, in government. And so I couldn't get one California pastor to come with me. And so a year or two went by, I said, honey, let's take $6,000 out of savings. We'll sponsor five pastors. I was number six. We'll take these six pastors to DC, make a video, and let's see what God does with that. Well, we went from seven, I'm sorry, from six to 27 to 70 to 157 California pastors scholarship and sponsored to Washington, D.C. Church United wow. doesn't, doesn't charge uh, pastors and churches. We, we raise the money so we can send them like on a short-term missions trip. And I tell you, the impact has been incredible to see pastors ignite, get on fire for their cities, their county, their state, and their nation, and to, to, to be Jesus to their elected officials, to their, to their school boards, to their city council members, and right in their community. So I, the impact has been incredible. It's been so great. The New York Times wrote about us in 2018. And, you know, I had a friend say, Jim, there's a mole in Church United. They know too much of what you're doing. And I told my buddy, I said, a mole? There's, It's me. That's it. And all these pastors, <laughs> what they're sensing is the Holy Spirit moving across our nation because they're seeing pastors ignite. They're seeing communities like the Latino community in California switching to to representing politically where their hearts and minds line up. And it's been awesome to see that switch. The LA times just interviewed me uh, this past week and they're freaking out because they're seeing this shift. There's a recall going on right now in California and 54% yes. <laughs> of Latinos are in favor of the recall of recalling Democrat um, governor Gavin Newsom, which is huge. And I think when, the liberals are seeing this. And again, that's why I think Vimeo shut me down and all these other organizations are coming after us like this because they don't want our voices to be heard. They, they kind of saw the writing on the wall, didn't they? Sure. And so they, they, sure. They had a little, they had a little bit more discernment than, um, <laughs> than the rest of us did to see what's coming. So this is really more of a California initiative, correct, with Church United? Yes, is the, Calif well, the California recall is a California issue. Right. I'm just stating st statistics that we're seeing a shift in culture. But yes, that is specifically to California. Church United is not involved in the recall. We're a 501c3, so we don't okay. get involved in that. What I was just trying to share is that's what's happening right now. Yep. And the media is seeing a shift in the Latino community. They're quote unquote saying, 
the Democrats have taken the Latino vote for granted. And I, I, I don't know if they're going to quote me, but I said, no, the Democrats have used and abused a people group. And that yep. infuriates me. That's wrong. That's what that's what they're seeing. And she asked me, well, why do you think this is happening? I said, because they're being made aware of the truth. And Church United does will do some all Spanish speaking regional tours and awakening tours to better inform uh, the Latino, the Spanish speaking um, citizens of California, again, how to engage in government, what government's doing to them and their people and their um, their awakening. And like I told her, I said, I think it's the truth that's awakening them and that's helping them to see the shift what they're seeing on the polls. Now, I, like a, you've got a picture on your uh, page here of um, everybody praying over one of the um, assemblymen, I guess, in his office or whatever. Yes. Is that something you do on a regular basis? Uh, yes, we do. We, we, we will pray for members of the California uh, legislat legislatures in the California Capitol. We'll do it for members of the United States Senate and members of the House of Representatives either in their offices, in the Capitol. We, we, we do that quite often. And we, we, we don't discriminate. It? It's Democrat, Republican, okay. Independent. We'll pray. Um, we, you know, we've only been kicked out of one. Our former senator, uh, Barbara Boxer, literally kicked 12 pastors off um, out of her office. When at the end of the meeting, we said, can we pray for you or over you? And they literally stood up and said, leave now. And we, we, we respected them. We went and we prayed in the... Uh, I don't remember the name of the federal building we were in, but we prayed in the hallway out, you know, in like in a common area mm -hmm. for them and their staff, but we wanted to honor them. But yeah, that was the first time we've been kicked out <laughs> for oh. asking, you know, to pray. I'm like, we're pastors. That's what we do. We want to help people. And, uh, but you know, we'll, 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 we'll show ourselves to the door. Uh, I think that's, I think we're getting to a point now where it's an honor to be, persecuted like that because mm -hmm. now we're really starting to see what it truly means to be persecuted sure. not but as Gary, much as I it's yeah. hard to believe that's happening in america you know as yeah. we're seeing uh, it's just hard to imagine that this is happening in my lifetime that um yeah they're coming after conservatives they're coming after christians they're coming after anyone who has a you know a biblical worldview right and and um i had a you know, right now during this time, if when people listen to this podcast or watch it, it's the the Taliban in Afghanistan is is um, doing some really horrible things right now. Yeah. And so you've got Christians being killed. Sure. Um, and and if we're not careful as Christians today, and we allow this, I would call this minor persecution. Sure. If we really think about what's going on in, in the world, this is this is like a gnat, you know, sure. flying around our head. Um, what are we going to do if it really gets bad? You know, yeah. where we have the Gestapo police like Nancy sure. Pelosi's group coming in and busting down our doors yep. at gunpoint telling us yep. you're holding a church. You can't have yep. a church in here. Yep. You know, those kind of things. What are we going to do? <clears throat> You know, are we ready for that? Are we being trained for that? And sure, that's one of the things that I, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw about what you're doing is you're going into the governmental areas and trying to prevent that from happening by praying for those leaders. Yep. yep. And at least if 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 they believe <clears throat> differently, let's let's build a relationship. Let's build, you know, that we're able to pray with and meet with and. You know, some of the experiences the pastors have shared, some of the elected officials will be like, what do you want from me? What do you want? All, all everybody wants is something from me. And they go, we don't want anything. How can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we're in your community. We represent your, we work with your constituents, you know? And, you know, I remember one, um, one member of Congress, when the pastor came in, she was kind of meeting like this with her arms crossed and through the whole meeting and the Holy Spirit just kept prompting on him to ask her, what, you know, how can I pray with you? And she was just like, you know, never really gave it a response. And finally she put her arms down and she said, my husband just got diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And so he prayed with her, you know, they're on different sides of the aisles, but that's not what this is about. This is about building at least a relationship, a friendship and, gr and, and growing from there. Um, yeah. You, you talk about things that are going on. I would, I probably wouldn't use the word persecuted. I think I will reserve that for Christians who are being beaten and martyred. 
um, for as persecution. But I'll say we're definitely being attacked and silenced uh, in, in, in America, not attacked physically, but digitally and any any way that they can to remove to really remove our, our freedoms. Um, and again, like I said, this has been happening for at least 10 years with my story of transformation, living homosexuality, but it really hit the home front when they wiped out Church United's nonprofit, you know, uh, 501c3 account back in 2018. Yeah. And, and that, that would be my question to you, not that, but my question to you being a, a you know, not, you don't, you're, a, a, I was going to say, <clears throat> You said earlier, you are, um, you're not a pastor now, but you were, and now you're involved 100% into the Church United. What's the answer? What is the church? I mean, my question is like, where's the church? What are we going to do? Sure. What sure. are we going to do? Because we, we are not standing up, and we're not being taught. I don't, I don't think our leaders are teaching that this is a war. This is a, a, a war that we need to stand on this hill and fight. Sure. Um, we, we've, I heard, I forgot who said it, but it, he gave a sermon, and it was called Chocolate Soldiers. Mm. And it was something that was written 70 years ago. It was a sermon that was written 70 years, and he was going talking about it, and it was like so true. It's We've raised in the last 40 years a, a generation of chocolate soldiers. Mm -hmm. that when the tough gets going, we melt mm. and we're not standing up. And that's why, really one of the big reasons why I started the podcast sure. is to find those that are iron soldiers, that are Davids, that are um, out front, the Joshuas, and those kind of, you know, where are our heroes? Where are sure. the people sure. that are larger than life, that are standing up? You know, I, I guess I, I call those heroes patriots, statesmen. Um, you know, and where are they? Um, my heart is that, you know, we would stand, you know, um, it's, you know, I, how, how do you, how would you answer for people like me? I'm just a normal, regular sure, church, sure. Go, church person. Well, and I, they're uh, seeing this happen and, and they're like, somebody encouraged me to get in the fight. Yeah. You know, because we're hearing sermons on, we're hearing sermons uh, and I'm just generalizing, you know, sure. I don't go to every single church. So I can't really say, but from, from what I'm learning and listening, we're still learning how to be a Christian and that day's over with. Sure. It's time now to be a Christian and, and to mean to fight, to get up and fight. That means like you're saying, go into the, the store, I mean, to the, the public house and do those things and pray. Well, and people. so kind of, it's, again, this is why I started Church United was to help pastors engage in government in hopes that they would preach and teach differently than what maybe what you're hearing. And what I have, um, part of, I'll say some of our, our success stories have been these pastors we take to DC or Sacramento, they get engaged. They start preaching differently. They're empowering their people. I've got one. So I shared all the pastors that we've taken, uh, taken oh, well over 500 pastors to capitals from California. And, and I'll just tell you one story of one pastor. He was one of the first that went that first group of six. He is now has a podcast. He's got a nonprofit called um, his name is Pastor Tim Thompson. Uh, he's got a, 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 a R watch and he is so engaged with meeting with his city leaders in the government. The school board in Riverside was implementing the sexual indoctrination of our children K through 12 with with sinful, insidious homosexual, lesbian, transgender behavior in the public school, starting with kindergarten, if you can believe this, he started standing up to this. And now his church has exploded from one service to four. And they've got wow. to find a bigger place because there, there is people. Christians are also wising up and leaving the churches where the pastors aren't addressing the cultural issues and what's really happening in our time. I mean, Paul, if you look at the Apostle Paul, he went to the different cities and the known world at the time, wrote letters to the churches, chastising them, encouraging them, correcting them, rebuking them. Why do we think we don't do that today, dealing with mm -hmm. our modern issues? I mean, we for some reason, we've, we've lost that. But the pastors who are doing this, I believe, are not only attracting people, but it's helping to 
awaken that remnant, awaken or help bring a revival to the church and hopefully awakening to the culture so we can change some of these evil things. Yeah, I I think they there's a a, there's a lot of people out there that are hungry. Sure. To to hear the message and get the teaching and, and those things. Yeah. To stand up for this. They love the country, but they love God first, and they love this sure. country, and we just need more of that. Um, is there a plans at all to—is this something that you're doing with Church United, something that could be uh, uh, done in other states very similar, or is yes. it just so more organic? We, we're, we're growing nationally. We're having such an impact in California. I'm looking for pastors to lead in other states. If you know of any or any are listening to your podcast, they can reach out to me on our Church United website, churchunited.com. Send me an email. I'd love to talk with them. Um, During the closure of churches across not only in California, but across the nation, I had pastors reaching out to me, help me. I feel all alone. And I'm like, don't worry. If you're in Northern California, we have a slew of Church United pastors who are open and, or will help you open. And you're, you're not alone. You'll stand with you. But I started getting calls from other states. One specifically was in Colorado. This great pastor reached out to me and said, all the pastors have turned their backs on me and I'm all alone. No one else is open. No one else. And I'm like, people are in crisis. The church has to be open. God doesn't say I'm going on vacation. I, you know, to hell with all my people. He's engaged. He's engaged with us. And here you get all these churches closing doors and not reopening. And really I, what I, what I have seen, the churches that remain open, God is blessed. God has grown um, numerically, financially, and but yet it's lonely if you're standing there by yourself. So I've there's some pastors that have reached out to me that, that I think will be our next uh, key key leaders in these states um, in the upcoming months and years. And you know, Church United is is how do I say this? I'm not I'm actively pursuing those leaders in those states, but it's the states in which God uniquely is connecting me and them, and we're we're we're, we're walking together as He does that. Yeah, and I think. As you were talking, the we have got to, as a congregation, uh, stand behind the pastors that do speak out. Sure, you know absolutely. because they're going to get the brunt of a lot of things. And but if your pastor's not speaking out, the people are, are just going to sit there like they always do, sure, and do nothing. And I think pastors will be surprised when they start to to preach and to speak the word that is the, of this day. That but you know, I, yes, when they do, they're going to get pushback. I know that. That's what I hear. People start complaining. I remember I shared my story at a church coming out of the gay lifestyle up in the state of Washington. And a lady went to the pastor and said, what this church is going to be all about. And I'm like, you know, you're going to get some of that pushback. You're going to get some of these liberals or these wolves that are in your congregations. Don't let them pressure you to do what God is, what God is calling you to do, to keep you yeah. from doing that. And um, I mean, that, that, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think what I'm seeing is the blessing of the pastors who have said, no, we're going to stay open. We're going to we're going to meet the needs of the people. We're going to preach the word of God um, as well as, you know, talk about how do we engage and what does that look like? Yeah. And I think it's important too, like what you're doing is that I've thought many times we send our representative to Washington or to, to our state government and mm-hmm. We just, you know, we're done. We don't stand up. We don't. Elections over now. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You're there. Do your job. Well, I think a lot of times, if if we showed up in force to say, like you say, we're praying for you, uh, we stand behind you, and we believe what's going on, and they feel that whether you know they'll feel it in the spirit, but they also they see it in the physical. Is that yeah? These people are really. They're really standing up for this. So when the tough really get the, the times get really hard, they know if they make that decision that they probably don't have to make because nobody's listening. They'll go ahead and vote on something that that if they had the feel like they had the backing of of the the church, yeah. they would probably make that vote and and be able to stand because there's somebody behind them. If there's nobody sure. behind them. They're going to well, do like all the other even, politicians. Yeah, it's not only you're standing behind the pastor, but I, you know, there's also you you have to realize there's some pastors in this country who aren't going to do that. They're not yeah. going to engage. And they I don't know what Bible or theology they have, 
but there, it's between them and God. And we're, I won't even waste my time with those, yeah. but the ones who are open to about, okay, what is God doing? What is, what is he calling us to do? How can we better impact our community for Christ? Those are the pastors um, that Church United is looking for and those who aren't yeah. afraid to take a stand when needed. And I got another pastor in Northern California right now that, you know, the state, the county and the city is all coming after him because um, he's got a school and a church. And, you know, it's just, again, they're bullying the church and the church is is, is standing up and saying, no, we, we, we're protected constitutionally. Um, and again, so that's a, a little bit what we see. And I want to encourage pastors. And that's what Church United's here to stand with you, to let them know you're not alone. And as I see it, if, if we, if the pastors get this vision, they pass it on to the people and that will help the people mm -hmm. better engage to get people out to vote. It's, and if we, if we haven't seen it now through this pandemic, it's important who you elect to office and the decisions they make. And you can see that from the red states and blue states, just how dramatic that's been across the country from the different leadership styles and how they've handled the pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, we have to be involved in the, the politics of it. Sure. Uh, which is, you know, like you say, I'm actually uh, being a part of, a, of the smallest level of our Republican Party in our, our county. Uh, it's not a big, you know, it's not a big responsibility, but it needed to be filled. There's other positions that need filled by people. And if you sure. have a Christian in that place versus somebody that's not a Christian, then that's going to make a, a more Christ and truth filling uh, impact than the other, other side would. So, sure, sure. And it's just at the local smallest level, we've got to do that and encourage yeah. others to do that as well. Um, well, great. I, I, we definitely appreciate that. All the show notes and stuff with Church United will be in there. But let's let's go and let's talk a little bit about your book. Um, yeah, I'm I, excited that's connected, about my book. That's connected to this as well, because I think sure. I, I read a little bit about your story. But tell us, uh, get us up to date on how, how your whole lifestyle kind of helped. Didn't it help kind of um, launch Church United? Is that, is that how I read it? Yeah, I would it? say a little bit. My uh, my testimony is unique coming out of the gay lifestyle. And, you know, I, I've i always asked the God, why, the Lord, why? Why me? Why do I have to deal with this? Why was this my thorn in my flesh? And what, you know, the, what the Lord put in my heart one day is, is you, you will have an ability, or he showed this to me one Saturday driving back from a pastor's meeting in downtown L.A., he said, you're able to connect with the, in a room of pastors very quickly at the heart level. Um, and it was really neat to be able to do that and, or have him reveal that to me, for me to see that. But yeah, so my story, um, I've been wanting to write my story as a book. Ironically, I tried to share it online and it's been deleted. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of forced to write a book, but I'm titled the book, Not a Mistake, A Parent's Hope for Their Gay Son. And it's my journey of growing up in a Christian home, Christian parents, kind of understanding that background, even going to Christian schools, and then, then dealing with same-sex attraction um, and kind of what that looks like. The book is broken up into three sections, uh, mistaken identity, mistaken love, and unmistakable hope. And I think kind of under each of those, and under each of those uh, headlines, I'm talking about identity and how important that is, that your sexual orientation isn't your identity. That's huge. Uh, mistaken love. And, you know, I talked about, a little bit about the book. I was so desperate to love and be loved. I didn't care. My partner was HIV positive and hepatitis C positive. Thankfully, mm -hmm. God has kept me from those terminally uh, ill diseases, but again, that was part of that, un that unmistaken love. And then the unmistakable hope, how we're talking about the hope that change is possible. Um, it's really, it's a book geared towards parents, but anyone who has a loved one in the LGBTQ lifestyle, it'll probably bring you encouragement and truth. Or if you're struggling with same-sex attraction, whether in the lifestyle or, you know, struggling with, should you do that or not? I think this book will give you hope as well. And in the, in the forward, well, uh, Sean McDowell is writing my forward, but in the intro, I kind of write a note to parents, letting them know this book isn't going to change your child from, from gay to straight. 
That's not what this book is to do or, or the intention of the book. The book is to share my story, how my parents responded, how my family responded, how you could respond to your loved one and the hope that change is possible. And even, and Gary, I've met so many men that have come back to the Lord, even after their parents have passed that they won't know until, you know, uh, until in heaven that their loved one will be there. But it was just really beautiful to see that in so many people's lives. Um, Again, I I really think this book will bring practical hope for parents and just sharing my story and journey that God's taken me um, these past, uh, what, 40, uh, 47 years. How did did that happen when, for you to I guess, awaken to the fact that that was not a proper lifestyle. It was against what God called. How sure. did, Were your parents alive at the time when that happened? Give us a little background on that as to if a parent's listening, that they have their son or daughter. Yeah. What, so what to expect? I, um, I grew up in a Christian home, so I knew the truth. I knew the difference between right and wrong. Um and I always knew homosexuality was wrong. Um, scripture through scripture, scripture is very clear about that. And so I always had that truth down deep in me. I really believe um, when Isaiah, when Isaiah talks about raise a child in the way of the Lord when he's old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. So I had really great, strong biblical roots. Um, I went to counseling as a minor, which now it's real, it's almost forbidden in California. But um, at the time, uh, ages 16 to 18, I, I went to a counselor. He helped lay an understanding of the roots of same-sex attraction that also aligned with biblically and scripturally what's right, what's wrong. But like I said, I wanted to love and be loved. And I kind of said, you know, uh, to heck with God, his kingdom, the church. You know, I want to meet a man and uh, get married to him. We, marriage wasn't legal at the time, but we acted and pretended like it was. And we lived accordingly. Um, I thankfully was only in the lifestyle for about five years. Um, and what brought me back was, I'd say, almost utter brokenness, losing everything, uh, bank accounts, house, business, almost literally overnight. Not as dramatic as Joe, but that kind of a story where all I had were the clothes on my back, not even a place to sleep. I had uh, two gay friends owned an apartment complex. It's a gym. You can come stay there for a couple of weeks, but at, you know, you're going to have to pay a deposit and rent. And I didn't have anything at the time. And my parents said, come back home and live with us. We'll, we'll help you. We'll get you back on your feet. I'm like, no, no, no. I've traveled the world. I've been to 40 countries. I have my own home and business. I'm not as a, you know, at 28 years old, I'm not going to move back home with mommy and daddy, but as God would have it, I did. And that began to heal my brokenness the relationship between my dad and I, my mom, and really to have that grown up time, maturity time with them, just the three of us for a season was wonderful. It was great. And I, and I joke with them now it's evident we were all walking with the Lord because we didn't kill each other <laughs> as grown adults. You know, they talk about guests and fish, you know, or guests are like fish after three days, they begin to stink. But I live with them, I think for what, uh, maybe two years, something like that. It's just really, as I reestablished myself, got back on my feet, uh, started going to seminary and really gave my life back to Christ. Wow. Now, let me ask you this question. It's just, this is just the question I have. Sure. Because there's, a parent could probably fear, you know, that, okay, we've raised our son right, he's been to church, he grew up in the church and all that. How... How does that happen? How does it, how does somebody that ra- is raised in the church all of a sudden become g- get into that lifestyle? You know, sure. What I've seen and experienced through so I'm 47. Um, I've been to counseling. I've counseled many men and women, uh, young and old, on this particular topic. It is a developmental issue between the father and the son and the family dynamic. It is environment. It is not genetic. Um, there is no gene. There is no. There is zero scientific proof that it's genetic that you're born this way. It's innate. Those are all lies from the pit of hell. There is none. It. What I have seen, and here's the interesting thing, uh, Gary. In my book, 
I've, I think 18 stories from around the globe, not just in the United States, white evangelicals, but these are black, brown, white individuals, male and female in America and across the globe, 18 different stories. And they all have the same theme. They've either been sexually abused, you know, an absent father or didn't have a dad or never connected with the dad or who had different giftings than what maybe people might consider masculine. Maybe they're more artistic into arts and drama and music as opposed to, you know, football, baseball, <laughs> soccer, foot, yeah, construction. And so when you start reading and seeing these stories, you see this similar theme that it was an environment thing. It was developmental. It was a connection with that same sex parent. Hmm. Okay. So could, okay, this, this might show my stupidity, but just thinking about is, is it more prevalent? Would it be more prevalent because you lived in California because it's more freer and more people accept it versus maybe a real conservative Bible Belt area where it has to be hidden. You know, I is, is I, that when you say environment, is that could that sure. be well? When I mean it? by environment, it's the family dynamic, how it, a, a child is raised, okay. um, and those those sexual things develop um, or those identities develop probably between the ages of eighteen months and um, 36 months. So kind of in a year, year and a half to three years of age, little girls, little boys start developing their identity as male and female. And when that gets skewed, it doesn't really matter if you're living in, say, in California or in the Bible Belt. I grew up in a very conservative Christian evangelical home, and I still dealt with same-sex attraction. But again, it was the disconnect between my dad and me. And looking back as a kid, I saw my mannerisms, how I acted, how I behaved. And, you know, my dad connected well with my brother as he excelled in baseball and soccer. You know, I tried doing t-ball. I sucked. You know, and it wasn't fun to play t-ball being the last kid picked all the time. And even soccer, I did one year and that just wasn't my gift set. And so where my dad knew how to connect with my brother or even my sister, that was missing with me. And so really it comes down to that relationship with the same sex uh, dad or the same gender dad. And then my mom, again, connecting better with my mom, seeing the world through the eyes of the feminine instead yeah. of the masculine. And a lot of times when boys don't connect with their dads or with healthy masculine men, they shift and will focus or connect with their mothers. And so the feminine qualities and attributes are brought up and then their identity is, or their wires get crossed. Their identity gets connected with the feminine. And so I would say that's probably in my case more on the lines of what had happened. I had never been sexually abused or anything uh, like that. Uh, a lot of times that can skew people to go one way or another. So it really doesn't so much have to do with your environment as location of where you live, but that family dynamic and your upbringing. So with the, with the um, not onslaught, but there's so much um, – Everything is about the rainbow and yeah. the gay agenda and all that is it, 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 it's like it's an so epidemic. It's crazy. And it's offensive. I'm, I mean, this whole what they do in June is just terrible. And I have nothing against LGBTQ people, but it is not only being pushed down my throat in the public sector and government. But here's the scary thing. In California, they are indoctrinating. They are sexualizing babies, kindergartners, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade with homosexual sex, lesbian sex, and mm -hmm. that you're, you can switch your sex. It is absolutely insanity. And this is where people need to stand up. You talked about this earlier. Christians on boards. There's Christians all over the place. We're not saying any, oh, I don't want to upset the apple cart. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't, we've been silenced out of fear and out of ignorance. And we just allow this evil to advance. It is, it is apprehensible that in California, in the public schools, they are sexualizing and indoctrinating our children. Um, it's, it, it, it's just sickening. And I wish more people would stand. I frankly, I wish parents would take their kids out of public schools, period. Janice Prager talked about that. I totally support that. We homeschool our kids. They're not getting indoctrinated by sex and LGBTQ sex. I mean, that should have nothing to do with academia. Right. I mean, we're, we shouldn't even send them to the library because even oh, in my, my city uh, north of here, uh, they had, uh, drag queen story time yeah 
I mean, adult entertainers for children. What what yeah. what happened to bringing in engineers, policemen, firemen, doctors, nurses, pilots? You name it. What about careers where people actually benefit the culture instead of bringing adult entertainers to entertain children? It, it, it's it's deplorable. Honestly, it's it, it's yeah. terrible. Well, it's demonic, and and that's to me that's part of where we're at is because, and, and this is a lot of what. God's been showing me we we are the gatekeepers. The church yeah. is the gatekeeper. We are guarding the wall. Okay, just like if you want to think about the wall in Mexico, we're standing in the wall. We're standing in the sure. gap between good and evil. And the the more church and church leaders and people of the faith open the door, the more that evil's going to come in. And yep. we've just allowed it to walk right in the door sure. and come in the back door and go into our schools and our public places and i think we are in a time that that uh, uh this is the the hill to, to die on is where we're at right now we've been all what they say born for this we're all we're, yep. what's that saying we're, we're born for this time or something for but, such a time as this yeah for such a time as this and i look you know i look at ecclesiastes and it says you know there's a time for war a time for peace yeah time to hate time to love Sure. I feel like we've been in a time for love for, you know, most of my Christian life. It's about love, and we need to spread the word of G- the love of Jesus, and we need to mm-hmm. make disciples. And w- I always go back to Nehemiah and building the wall. You know, we're great at, at help building the wall, but we're not sure. defending it while Correct. we're building it. And they we had to have fight to and build at the right. same time. It was a twenty around the clock. Right. Yeah, we you're, we have you're, talked you're about right. building for eons and we've not done it with a, a, a weapon in our hand and it's time we need the, the sword of the spirit sure so absolutely um, well jim let's let's wrap it up here uh okay. how can they get a hold of your book i know you got your website jim doman at uh, dot com right yes you can get a book at jim doman.com or not a you can order a copy uh pre-order actually the book will be released um around the same time we're filing our uh our uh, lawsuit, our federal lawsuit to the United States Supreme Court. So you can get, um, go to nondemistake.com, pre-order a copy now. When you pre-order, that helps kind of get it preloaded for Amazon, hopefully. Are you yes, gonna put yes. it on Amazon, maybe? It'll they, be on Amazon take... and every and <laughs> every digital place we that will allow it. If I don't get banned, at yeah. least I talk to my tech people, and at least we've got the domain names, and hopefully they don't shut down our uh, our website. So yeah. you should be able to. But would prefer if you buy it from my website. Otherwise, Amazon takes like fifty percent of oh, everything. Gosh, yes. um, that's why Jeff Bezos is so rich. That <laughs> is for sure. Everything. Well, I will put um, but, this in the show notes we'll have links to it in the show Great. notes jim i appreciate it. any last last words uh it's been a pleasure great yeah to gary you. thank you for what you're doing god bless you and if you're hearing or watching this let me just encourage you to take a stand stand up for righteousness don't allow evil um to to keep you quiet stand up and do something vote and get godly men and women to run for office and to vote yes great thank you jim it's all right god bless you gary thank you so appreciate much appreciate it god bless you Thanks again for listening to this episode of Remnant Revolution. If you liked what you heard, please leave a comment and rating in iTunes and Google Play. This helps us get heard by more people. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and family. Be sure to visit www.remnantrevolution.org to join the conversation, access the show notes, and keep up to date on important events and programming. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Remnant Revolution. Until next time, armor up, stand up, and speak up.